Aloha. A dose of positivity is here. Another episode to share with all of you stewards of the land, humanitarians and solutionists. I want to welcome everybody here who's live and also everybody listening to the replay to another amazing episode where I have the great privilege and honor to interview these passionate change makers, thought leaders, health professionals, all putting social and environmental justice at the forefront of their endeavors. And I am so pleased to introduce our guest today, uh, Joe Sable, in just a few minutes. He is somebody that I have been following for at least 10 years. And the topic of our show today is creating global sustainability with self-replicating sustainable eco communities wow okay well jay i can hardly wait if you could just wave to everybody um while people are coming in before we get started there's jay in the corner and you're going to have an opportunity to do q a with him put your chats in the box um anything you have to say and just just a reminder to everybody this is a live broadcast coming into you streaming live from hobby hawaii and it is a gorgeous day here and for anybody who wants to stay on after the live chat you will get a glorious view of maui today and a garden tour and as people are coming into the room as usual i'm going to take this opportunity before jay comes on to um, read something from one of my books um, that is very appropriate that will warm us up and relax us into the conversation jay so this is from my book, Concierge Cures, um, Solutions to 21st Century Pandemics. And this is in the chapter called Unity in Community Builds Immunity. Support regenerative, regenerative development and conservation. That's the heading. There has never been a more perfect time to shift our lives and our communities for the better. As individuals, new rituals and ways of gathering and celebrating will redefine and shift our habits. Like everything in nature, we thrive on diversity, not monocrop ecosystems that drain humanity's creativity. When we engage and we raise our voices to help all species, generations, cultures, and religions, we live with purpose and a sense of place. Like every snowflake, each person, community, and ecosystem is unique. Think about it. How can something so little and lightweight as a seed bring so much abundance? Seeds of change start with small ideas that germinate and propagate into carbon sequestering forests, orchards, and a world. Organizations such as One Community, that Jay Sable, our guest, is our featured guest, is helping to design human communities around the gifts of nature. Communities are more resilient when economically developed around diversity and the essential food, water, shelter, clothing, education, and health care. It also elevates the economics of happiness in our communities when no one is suffering and everyone has their basic needs covered. 
This is genuine prosperity. And the more we can create and exchange goods and services with regional resources, the more we contribute to our local economy and community development. A restorative approach to community building makes our cities, public spaces, and downtown areas safe, more meaningful, accessible, and practical for future generations and for the present day. Yeah, yeah, really well said. Beautiful. <laughs> Yay, we're on the same page, totally. everybody. Yeah. So so glad to see you colleen in the house thank you so much for coming in live today we love you colleen is streaming in from alaska and um, beverly from canada so we are being represented uh, very well from the northern hemisphere right here so, so jay i am super excited for you to first before we dive into a bunch of questions here um share Get, get, I want to get a little personal here. I want like to really understand how you got into permaculture, how you got into being this holistic health professional. And um, but but before before I do that, what I just realized, I didn't really read your bio. Right. So um, I, I, I could either read it or let me just do this real quick. You guys, uh, I, I, I was so excited to introduce him that uh, I, I forgot the bio. But um, you're going to fill in the spaces for me, Jay, okay? Sure, yeah. Okay, Jay, Jay has been an uh, entrepreneur like me. Yay! If you're not, you want to be. It's a really good thing to do. No, you don't know. Ah, it's yes. a good thing, right? For over 20 years, and he's experienced over seven, 70 certifications and qualifications of holistic living, nutrition, and psychology. He has spent the last two decades studying the social and psychological aspects of social change, leadership, and personal achievement. And it's so funny, you know, why Why I was like, I want you to tell me more is because that was a really short bio and I think people need to know the full extent. So can you give us what happened 20 years ago um, when you jump, jumped into all of this? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, my whole life has been a life of service. Um, you know, even in college, I was in the restaurant industry. But then I realized during going to college for an engineering degree that I was really inspired by health and fitness. And so um, that evolved into personal training, then massage therapy, then exercise therapy, then neuromuscular therapy, and then life coaching over 15 years of running a practice. And I had the opportunity to work with Olympic athletes and, you know, some really successful people. Uh, and then that evolved into one community and into permaculture, because as part of all of that holistic health training that I did, I went through a four year holistic health program. And that was my first real introduction to like organic food, toxins in our environments, understanding, you know, the effects of stinking thinking on our physiology, like what our psychology, how our psychology applies to our physiology. And so um, that really got me interested in sustainability. And so, I mean, that was probably only five or six years into my career that I started thinking of like, wow, what would be the most sustainable home that you could build? Like, how could you eliminate all these toxins from your environment? You know, how could you create an environment that nurtured your physiology, but also nurtured your emotional psychology as well, your soul and, and the health of the whole integrated being, you know, and then, you know, over 10 years of thinking and talking about that with my clients and with friends and family eventually evolved into one community and creating a space like you're like you said in your book you know the goal the ultimate goal of one community is to create a place where when people come and visit one community they're transformed permanently and they're infected with the idea of i could live a different life like i don't have to go back to my cubicle 
you know, I could create a life that and, and an environment that truly fully supports the human organism, you know, and so that mission for myself, for my friends, for my family, and then ultimately evolving and realizing like this is an idea that could change the world is what turned us into a nonprofit. And um, and that's that was the beginnings. And here we are. Wow passion you know i swear we must have come from the same mother or something or yeah i mean it is a, one thing connects to it's all interconnected right yeah. it's it's so beautiful when um we realize when when this all collect this collective interconnectedness and i like the intersectional and intergenerational and all of this that that you're bringing in in one community so when when you when you created one community um what was your actual vision of what it was going to be for people like who are on this show today what are what was your what was your heart saying this is going how it's going to serve you mean the original or what it's evolved into or both no i think i want to hear from the original and then how it evolved from the original to where you are now how things have changed like yeah. you and talking earlier about sustainability and regeneration like how is it how are things changed and yeah uh, yeah so originally one community was not called one community it was meant to be a holistic health retreat where people would come and basically be able to detox and be able to take educational programs at that point in my life i was spending an average of thirty thousand dollars a year on education going to seminars and trains and things like that and i'd learned so much about sustainable living sustainable construction sustainable food that i wanted to create a place that really embodied all of that and just from a a personal level i want to create that place and invite the mentors and the people that i respected most to be able to come and teach within that environment share their knowledge and experience with myself and other people and at the same time be able to create a place where people could immerse themselves in truly like radical sustainability and see how much better they felt when they were eating food that didn't have pesticides herbicides or fungicides when they were living in homes that didn't have any toxic ingredients that were built from the earth in a lot of cases and like just the energy of that environment as a whole you know so that was the first the idea was like okay you know i'm ready i'm for living in los angeles and i maxed out my industry and i become really as successful as i could be within my industry and it was like okay how do i take this to the next level how do i provide deeper level service to people how can i how can I take what I'm doing right now, which is transforming the lives of people face to face and working with individuals and like I said, Olympic athletes and stuff, really making difference on a one on one basis. But how can I scale that up and affect groups of people? You know, how can we create that? And so the idea was like, let's create a holistic health retreat where people can come and instead of talking about this stuff, they can live in one of these structures. They can eat the kind of food like a fully immersive environment. So that when they come to that environment, they realize like, oh, this is what's possible. When everything I've been teaching for 10 years to people one-on-one -on -one and getting them to switch to organic food and getting them to eliminate, you know, like their toxic cleaning products and makeup and all, I mean, I can go on yeah. and on and on about all of it. It's like, how, how can I create a space where people can experience all of that in one place and get the full experience? And then from there, be able to take that knowledge back and be inspired to change their lives in even more meaningful ways. And then that evolved into one community as it is now, as we started bringing together people and saying, okay, how do we create this? We realized that to real, like the bigger picture would be to open source and free share that and create it as something that was replicable. Because my idea was like, well, let's infect brains with this idea of what's possible and they'll go out and live better lives. It's like, well, wait, if we really want to change the world, 
we could create this. We were talking about, we're like, we have the ability to make this as something that could be replicated globally. And then we could work in collaboration globally to create more and more what have now been, now, are now called teacher demonstration hubs, community villages and cities to teach how to create other teacher demonstration hubs, communities, villages, cities, how to build even more. And so you started looking at like global problems and opened up a whole new mindset of how to think about like what's going on globally and how to address the greatest challenges of our generation and generations to come, you know, poverty, you know, food insecurity, homelessness, lack of energy infrastructure, social injustice, inequality, crime, like this idea of creating a place where everybody's needs are met fully. And from that place, they have the resources to be able to help other people. Uh, and, and human nature and history has taught that we will, like when our needs are fully met, when everything that we need is provided for us, it's human nature to reach a hand out to our brothers and sisters and want to help them too. And so if we create that space and a place where people can come and all their needs are met and its purpose is to do that, is to reach out, to constantly reach out and say, how can we help others? Because our needs are so fully met and create more places to do the same thing, to live from pure abundance and say like, what can we do from that space? This is a world changing idea. And so that's how, that's, that's one community's goal. That's what we're doing. You guys, everybody who's on the call who knows me knows I have full of goosebumps and I am so excited. Uh, I get that too. Yeah. yeah. So like, that was like, oh yes. Yeah. It's like yeah, the I start getting emotional right. when I talk about it because it's just so, I know. yeah. <laughs> so good. And, and I'm, I'm, Alan, I'm so glad you're in your house, in the house, you're going to love this. Um, but anyway, this is really, really great. Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm just so curious, like when you first started out when, and people came to your eco retreat, what, what kinds of responses did you get from people? Were, 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 was it overwhelmingly like, wow, this is so dope. I can't believe I'm going to go home and get rid of the black mold or I'm going to never put this crap on my face again. Or, you know, what was I thinking? I can't shower outside or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, we hadn't built it yet. So that the idea evolved from like, this is what we're going to do. I had investors at that point. And so we were starting to design that holistic health retreat. So, but I can still speak to that statement from what I experienced within my clinic, you know, and the experiences that people had, you know, how chronic pain would go away, how, you know, things like migraine headaches or insomnia, you know, lifelong problems that they'd had would be changed through changing their lifestyle, changing their environment, eliminating toxins, improving their food, you know? And so I used to do five hour assessments on people and I would look at all the medications that they were on. And I mean, it was a really in-depth, super deep process that I would dive into with people. And so the goal was to create an environment that would provide the same thing without, rather than spend all that time assessing people, let's provide the comprehensive solution and let people just come immerse themselves in it and get the results without having to have all the conversations about it and then open sourcing and free sharing it so that they could take what they learned and, and take that experience home with them and then reproduce that in their own environment. And then it evolved into, well, we should teach them how to grow their own food, build their own homes, like the full model of a teacher demonstration app. So that's what our team is developing is all of that. So great. I don't want you to ever give up that retreat because I want to come to it. Um, I know there are some people who have taken that idea and are doing beautiful things. There's a few places even here on the big island. And and I encourage all of our listeners, everybody who is listening to, to if next time you're going on a vacation or doing something to think about checking into some kind of an eco spa, right? Something like um, where you can really tr truly detox 
cleanse your body mind and spirit and have that opportunity to become one with nature because as i always say the closer we get to nature the closer we get to our true nature so now what i'd like to do is ask you jay to bring us up to speed on how one community is serving um you know you, you talk about a, a global platform and you have a lot of volunteers how how does this how is it working now explain the structure and then we're going to put all the links in the chat for you guys so you can look up the website it is the most brilliant website i think i've ever been to with the most comprehensive information on how to achieve one community so i hope you all check it out so yeah. go go ahead and share some uh some of that with us yeah so we've had um or so we're 100 organ a volunteer organization including myself so i've been volunteering full-time for this organization now for 12 years we've had over 600 coming up on 700 volunteers contribute to the project uh we currently have volunteers on every continent except for antarctica uh, contributed to the project and what we're creating is open source and free shared tools and tutorials resources blueprints and do-it-yourself instructions for all aspects of highest good what we call highest good living and so highest good is really like making all decisions from the perspective of what is in the highest good of all people in life on this planet and and constantly refining everything that we do to meet that goal of like what how, what's the best that we can possibly do and then open sourcing and free sharing and so the project has now evolved into seven key foundations. We have the physical foundations of sustainability that everybody's familiar with, which is like food, energy, and housing. And then we have the emotional foundations of sustainability, which are arguably more important. And we've identified and are focusing on as fulfilled living, uh, what we call high good approaches to education, economics, and then truer stewardship. And so putting all those things together, we're building the do-it-yourself instructions, step-by-step -step instructions for creating teacher demonstration hubs and it will be a holistic health retreat in that 30 percent of everything that we're building will be allocated to ecotourism so that people can come stay on the property experience what it is that we're doing and everything everything that they see will be open source and free shared and everything that they see will be owned and operated by the residents so there won't be any employees that will be commuting to come to one community the entire environment will be operated by the residents living there to maintain it and share their gifts and their passions and as as part of the environment that's created so it's modeled off of like a club med type of design or even a even like a um, like a cruise where everything that you would want to do is within walking distance but the difference is is it's 100 percent owned by the residents you know and so this is what we're developing and so we have a core team of people that will be moving to the property and we're constantly working on building that and then we have outside of that we have all the volunteers that are like interns that are constantly contributing to the project to help build their resumes to develop their skills to share their skills and passions and so that's how we've developed all the different components you know and so that's what we're focusing on food energy housing fulfilled living education economics and stewardship and putting all that together and creating step-by-step uh, -step instructions for each one of those. And then those instructions are what we will use to build everything that we're developing. And through that process, we will add video tutorials. We'll double check all of our details, cost analysis, permitted plans, you know, and so that becomes then the prototype that is shared as a complete package that people can implement anywhere in the world or take any of the components 
and implement them as individual components because some people might want to i mean building a community is a pretty big deal maybe people just want to grow something new or implement some permaculture in their life or start a homeschool education program like our education programs designed for that so everything is modular as well as designed to be able to be combined as the complete one community model you know and then it's meant to be hands-off so as once we're done and everything we've done right now everything is open source and free shared so people don't have to interact with us or even talk to us to use the resources that we've created like we've done we did 100 and i think it was like 120 hours of research on the most sustainable flooring you know i had three engineers work on that because i had to ask the question i need to know what is the real answer i don't want to be sold the answer by somebody selling me a product i need you i need in i need uh i need un obstructed and and um, and and unique research that is not that is not um, influenced by anybody outside I need to be truly ethical you know and so we put three researchers on that topic alone and they spent over a hundred hours just asking the question and creating a grid to objectively analyze that and looking at this topic alone and it's like okay so we've done all that independent research so that we can share that now anybody can use that and so we needed that for our project and so we're doing that for everything and we've spent 60 hours on shower heads we've spent you know urinals yeah. hand dryers i mean you name it anything for our project we're researching it so we have the best in the world and then once we've identified that, that becomes the benchmark. So if somebody comes out with a new product tomorrow, I can very easily compare that to the research, the hundreds of hours that we've already done and say, all right, is this really revolutionary and new and even better or is it not? And we're same thing, doing the same thing with companies. Like what is their carbon footprint? You know, what are their human relations? Like what, how does this company rank as a company aside from their products? You know, so this is the kind of stuff that we're doing. And then building it all will be, you know, one community place that people will be able to come and visit and experience all of that. Ah, I loved it so much. And, you know, I, being a researcher myself and writing these books all about sustainability and regeneration, um, I have done huge amounts of research on this and I know what it takes to go into it. And I know the greenwashing um, that is circling around and how, like you say, getting non-biased, really the truth. So I have to ask you a question. What is the most sustainable flooring? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, actually I do remember. I'm like, it's been a while since we've done that research. Uh, it's reclaimed hardwood. Reclaimed hardwood. Reclaimed that's hardwood. Yeah. So hardwood that's been already built into something and reclaiming that. So right now, like if a building is is torn down, there's there's organizations that go out and take all of the materials from that and then they'll resell them. So it's it's literally recycled wood, but the quality is outstanding and it's super super sustainable. That's number yeah. one. Some of the surprises were like bamboo turned out to be really low on the list. And we thought like we designed with bamboo initially, but because of the distance that needs to be transported and the adhesives within that and the whole process for manufacturing it, surprisingly, we were shocked to find out that it wasn't like number top five. I mean, it might be top four, but, but it definitely wasn't top three. And, and we thought it was gonna be like number one or two. So, but if you're right. interested, so anything that I talk about, if you just Google like flooring one community global, global you can look at that page you know insulation is another one that we did you know over 100 hours of research on and we studied like the top 20 23 different types of insulation out there you know so but yeah just google anything that's that we talking about it's really yeah it's fascinating and i get the benefit of reading all this stuff you know get to see it after somebody's done 100 hours of research and just get the answer which is nice yeah and then do and then build and it then share it 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what is so interesting when, when, when I was thinking, when I was doing all that, my research on certain things that I was doing too, one of the things that I found, and this is to be true in anything, is by local, regional. Yes. Like, so like for me, bamboo might not be so bad, but I would want to use the bamboo that was here, right? Like, like thinking about sourcing our food from a hundred, anything from a 150 mile radius, like transition town. Yeah. Um, the UK has done huge reports on that. I, I just really um, commend you on taking that, that, you know, looking at it like from the soil to the soul, right? Yeah, yeah. How How is this affecting the mother earth, the soil, the skin of the earth, the womb? of the mother and 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 then i i really would love for you to get more into how one community has put more of an emphasis right now on looking at the psychological aspects especially since we're in this covid still continuing era whether we yeah. believe it or not how how that has uh shifted and played a more a prominent part in your work yeah wow man that's a big topic so covid was a really interesting experience for us to go through as an organization um and for me personally uh because i got to see that unfold on a global scale with our team you know so like when covid went through india like we had our whole india team in india had people that were impacted by it lost yeah. loved ones to it pretty wild um it really it's created an interesting shift in the psychology and the paradigm for volunteer work there's a lot more people working from home we had a lot of people that wanted to get remote experience things like that and on a psychological level um it was interesting because it built a different type of community for us as a hundred percent currently virtual organization you know um it was pretty fascinating to be working with a team of 50 volunteers from all over the world and you know talking to them on a weekly basis and hearing their different experiences and what they were going through with that from a bigger picture as far as like what it means to one community um you know i mean the big the, one of the foundations of one community is the community aspect of it so for myself having having been in various communities throughout my life um, one of the most magical experiences being with a group of like-minded uh, people that share values and building or creating something and working on something. And so one community has created that on a global scale by inviting, you know, the 600 plus volunteers that have come to our project and developing what it is. And then our core team is all people that didn't know each other before we got together. And now some of us have worked together for nine years you know, in this environment and we've been able to meet each other and, you know, they come and visit and we get together when we can. So um, watching the impacts of COVID on the community experience has been an interesting validation of the value and the importance as people were forced to be isolated. And then something like One Community became like one of their primary avenues of interaction and collaboration because they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I can't find a job right now or, you know, I've been laid off or we're at home, you know, I'm stuck at home, I want to do something. That has been an interesting experience to go through over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I think has been over. I mean, from a community, from a one community perspective, positive on the on the human level for all of us to be able to interact with each other and have something that we're working on and we could do from home and be able to collaborate virtually and and uh, when we couldn't go into offices and things of that nature. Well, I think the whole concept of this one community and just the word community is is and the psychology around community i'm not going to go out i'm not yeah. i can't community is so important i mean we're we're homo sapiens we we, yeah. we we thrive with community and um i i just think this 
I'm hoping that this transition, I think that what happened, what's happening with this pandemic is making me people, a lot of people really wake up to the idea of how valuable this open sourcing is, how valuable this, these eco um, environments are, how much healthier they are, how much and how anti-microbial i i mean uh the the environments that people have lived in for such a long time we we want we want those microbes we want those healthy that the soil the 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 openness um to hug people again and and yeah. feel safe in a, in a community and it sounds like your designs and how you're building them and where how you're situating structures and having open spaces um is is the does really i shouldn't say the wave of the future it, it, it's 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 how things were in the past yeah 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 you know? and and to get back back to the future as i uh, as we like to say yeah yeah what what where are you at with the building of of your of one of the actual physical part of one community is that happening no we think we probably got another probably another couple of years of design work although we're working on so another big part of our project which isn't including like the physical and emotional foundations is we're developed we've developed custom software for like organizing collaborating and we're designing it so that we'll be able to collaborate with other groups building the same things that we're building around the world and a big component of that software um, is very close to being finished which will allow me to scale our team up from which is currently sticks it hangs out around somewhere between 30 and 50 people is about the most that i personally can manage um to more like 100 to 200 people and so i bring this up because i think that we're probably two to three years away from being re ready to start construction um which is finishing all the open source plans so for instance like we've answered the question of the most sustainable flooring and insulation you know but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on electrical and plumbing and just in the last like six months, we had three master plumbers that contacted us and wanted to help out. And it turned out that like our online collaboration process was just too much for them. They were just like, ah, like I just wanna help. Like, how do I just help you design like Google Docs and like Zoom calls and that kind of stuff didn't work for them. So that was a big wake up call for us. And we've developed software that's gonna make it possible for those people with like 30 years of experience to be able to easily manage teams in a virtual environment so we can more rapidly complete everything. So I think in a worst case scenario, I think we have, you know, three to four years before we're ready to start construction. But if we can complete this component, we could fast track that and it could happen a lot faster. You know, so that's really where we're at. And again, everything that we're developing is, like I said, it's our assembly instructions. If we were just setting out to get funding and just build it just for ourselves, it would be a heck of a lot easier. But the process of open sourcing it and writing it and creating it all in such a way that other people can build it without us helping them so they can just access the information online and be able to see the research and the step-by-step -step instructions and we're essentially like storyboarding the entire project like a movie you know if, before you do a movie you create a storyboard of what the movie's going to be like so you have an idea of what it's going to look like well our website is that and if you get deep enough into it you'll find pages that are complete that are like oh well that we're going to shoot a video that shows this here and this and this and so that's what we're writing so when the time comes to actually build one community we have everything set out so that our open source manager can say hey we need to make sure that we get a video of this we need to make sure we produce this you know and so that we're as ready as possible for the unexpected because there's lots of questions that will come up and you know problems that we might not have thought about but we're trying to cross our t's and dot our i's and get it as complete as possible so that we can focus on 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 the problems that we don't expect 
when they arise and be able to be fully successful in producing something that will truly be replicable anywhere in the world. I mean, that's the end goal has to be replicable so that other people can do it as well. And so that's that's a big foundation of what we're doing. Yeah, and, and it's going to be different in the Northern Hemisphere than in the Southern Hemisphere. I yes. mean, I'm sure you're including all that. And what about the permaculture plan? Is that all in there too? Green spaces and, and yes. food production? Because that's going to also differ from each, uh, no matter where you are in, in the world. So yeah. that, that is a huge, that's a huge undertaking. Um, but because, um, you know, a mango tree goes different than a cactus and, and so forth. Yeah but both of both of them giving us either food or medicine source so right so yeah. what we're doing is to address that that this is a great point i'm glad you brought that up is so we're designing we call it open source project launch blueprinting and what that means is we're open sourcing the actual open source process so everything we're creating our step-by instructions are designed as templates so that then when somebody else in the world wants to build it in their location, they'll be able to use our software to compare their construction process, which would be fairly objective, but we'll be able to analyze like the differences in skilled labor versus unskilled, like how weather impacted it, that kind of stuff. But then also they'll be able to use our templates for something like building a food forest for our agricultural zone to building a food forest for theirs. And then when they use that, they can do the same research for themselves. Then they will be able to share that with us and we can open source that. And so now we have two models. So now we have a model representing our area and our area covers like we've designed this to to span from from high desert in Utah, like negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit to seismic zone in San Diego, which is one of the most in the world. So we're looking at like, OK, earthquake uh, resilience for San Diego, but cold resilience for like high desert in Utah. So we've got a huge envelope that we're covering. But that doesn't cover like South America or Nigeria, you know, so we're designing it in such a way that then it's a template so that when they have to, they'll have the foundations to be able to save themselves immense amounts of time and energy and to know exactly what the process looks like. And then it's as easy as going like, okay, we just need to answer these specific questions, make these adjustments to make this fit for our environment. And then when they, if they're willing to open source and free share, that content using our templates, then we'll promote their project the same way we promote our project. And so it becomes a win-win. Our ask is, is that they need to do something for humanity because our project isn't designed where it's required for that. So they can take our information and just do what they want with it and do it. But if they're willing to actually open source and free share it, like what we're doing, then those are the groups that our software is designed so that we can work in collaboration and handhold them through the process and be more hands-on with them. Otherwise, those questions come into us, we answer them on the internet, on the website. And so our goal is to keep evolving it that way for people that don't want to do that. But really, we want to build a global collaboration so that we can address every environment and answer those questions. And so everything's built as a, a template and a structure to follow with that in mind. Oh, I, I absolutely love how you're, you're adding that humanitarian component as your um, ask. I mean, wow, this is so beautiful um, to hear and wish every every organization um, came forward with that. But we, we know that to be. Yeah. Um, and everybody and else. A big, if I may, that's a big foundation, too, is like we talk about, you know, rather than give a man a fish, teach a man to fish, teach a person to fish. You know, and that's a big part of it, too, is we believe that our open source plans could be used for humanitarian aid so that rather than setting up like in Louisiana, there's people still living in like thrown together homes, you know, that have become like shanty towns. 
Rather than do that, we could build sustainable housing for those people and give them the resources to build it themselves. And these are homes that are living, that are standing in the Middle East right now. They've been standing for 500 years. You know, I mean, they're just that durable and that that resilient in the face of natural disasters that are predictably going to continue to happen. You know, and so that's a big part of what we want to do as well. Is like, well, rather than send aid to Africa, like let's build teacher demonstrations in Africa that. I'll teach them how to build additional teacher demonstration hubs so that they have the resources and can create the resources to build even more and they're solution based instead of like band-aids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So when 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 these are with the plan though, like would you put in like a an account a, a mode like where this is for three families, 15 people or uh, 300 families like how how did how are these designed um, in that in that way for size good question yeah so we have so there's seven different eco village models that we've developed and the first one that we're designing and developing all the details for right now is the earth bag construction and the reason why we chose earth bag construction is because it's the cheapest it's the it's the um, the easiest to build anywhere in the world because it's just stabilized earth as the foundation and the structures like i said will last 500 years and they're designed and they're very modular you know so it's very easy so we're designing a three dome cluster which would be three domes with uh and then we've got a four dome cluster which has like an attached bathroom and it's covered and we have a six dome cluster and so through the plans that we're making it's designed in such a way that people could really kind of mix and match and create whatever it is that they want and then in addition to that, from the whole community model perspective, we have a duplicable city center, which is, is designed to feed 200 people at a time, do laundry for 500 people. It's a recreation space wow. that is designed to be like a central lodge and a community meeting space that meets the social and recreational needs so that if somebody wanted to build a maximally affordable eco-village, which is what the Earth Bay Village is for us, the domes are only a couple hundred square feet so they're easy affordable fairly fast to be able to build super durable and then you have this beautiful meeting space where people come to gather as community to dine for recreation to teach courses and things of that nature and then that is more of like a technologically advanced uh example of sustainability and so we have the really simple like diy do-it-yourself earthbag village and then we have the very complex also do-it-yourself 17,000 square feet, four stories, you know, geodesic dome, like really beautiful city center. And that's meant to be the starting point where somebody with investment money could say, hey, I want to start with this. And then I want to involve the community to build an eco village, any of the other seven eco villages around this. And so this becomes the hub that would be able to house people while we do this. And we can take the two or three year process to build an eco village around it that would then supply sufficient revenue and resources to continue to expand indefinitely. And that's that abundance that I talked about initially. It's like everybody's needs are being met. Now it's like, okay, we can just keep building our community on top of this. And the bigger it gets, the better it is. Yeah. And how do we turn everyone. it how do we how do we turn it from a dream and, and, and want to do it and make it happen? Like what what's the financial investment to to like how is it, is it do you think to see this as being more affordable for people like say i i know so many young people today they want to put together a, an eco community but you yeah. gotta you gotta acquire the land and then it compared to building a conventional home or a conventional like community would you say the cost is half as much twice as much where what's the uh value um of, of doing yeah. it? 
So this is why I talk about how we're designing everything to be modular. So again, our idea is to stimulate the entire sustainability industry. And so teacher demonstration hubs is one way to do that, but that caters to a very, very specific demographic and a very specific value set and interest level. You know, so as we've been designing this, we've been saying, well, what about people who just want to build a guest house in their backyard, perhaps, or people that want to join a community and be, be, that doesn't have anything to do with us and be able to build their home affordably. And so again, that's why we chose Earthbag Construction as the first building model because it's significantly more affordable and more durable and 100% healthy of the earth. Uh, as a model that can be built so that people could get together, you know, 40 or 50 of their friends and build themselves a home in a matter of a few months with their own hands uh, and not having to go through the process of being using our plans uh, to be able to do that and save themselves significant resources and creating a home, like I said, that's healthier, is gonna last longer, is way more artistic and arguably much more beautiful and interesting. Um, and then teach their friends and other people how to do that as well. So that's what we envision is like, hey, through our plans, as people get together and like get 50 people together and be like, okay, let's build build me one of these this week, you know, in the next couple months, and then we'll get together and let's go build one over here. And as people get trained on how to do this, spreading the idea and making it more of the norm, sustainable building like this, more of the norm instead of currently it's something that a lot of people don't have any it's like a mystery you know we want to demystify the mystery and make it common common sense yeah me too so tell me when, when you say earth bag i i'm i'm thinking thinking bags of bags of soil what when you say earth bag what what does that look like yeah because, so stabilized right, earth it's dirt yeah. and like 15 cement yeah soil so earth and 15 percent cement to stabilize it and so and you are filling bags and you stack them and they build these really beautiful domes. If you yeah. Google Earth Bag Village, uh, you'll come across our designs for all that and what that looks like. So our Earth Bag Village is meant to uh, house 150 to 200 people, has a beautiful tropical atrium in the center of it that's big enough like a greenhouse to grow trees in. You know, it's a central like recreation space and designed for yoga and classes and things of that nature. And then it's got all the earth domes around that surrounding that as well. So it's a really beautiful circular design. But again, each one of those is designed to be able to be built as either an individual structure, a three dome cluster or a six dome cluster. And then there's a, we've got a, like another housing design that we're working on as well, which would be a three, three bedroom house with an attached bathroom and a beautiful central like living space that could be a three, three family home. If you want to do a community type of deal, or it could be an individual home as well, you know, and all this is stuff that people could build with their own hands. You know, it just takes time. Yeah. As long as as long as there there's windows, I'm in. Lots of yeah. windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, the the thing that is so amazing though, when when I think about you know living in an Earth home like that too, is just how much healthier that is. Having all the microorganisms, the microbiome right there in your home, probably never have to experience mold or black mold or any of the toxic chemicals that comes from sheetrock and, um, you know, lead paints, or I know there's not supposed to be lead paints, but a lot of people are still living with lead paints. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can't get much closer to nature than, than that. A little bit of concrete to hold it together like mortar, right? Just like yeah. the old days when the Egyptians built the pyramids, right? It's probably yeah. similar, right? Going way back there. And are there a lot of these um, earth bag homes? Uh, like you said, there's a website. Maybe we could put that in, um, Meredith, find that um, website and put that in the link for people. And we'll make sure we put that on the, on our, on the replay 
um, so everybody can have a look at that. This sounds really, really cool. You know, I've never built a new home. This this comes back to your thing about flooring, the most sustainable flooring, right? Um, being that repurposed wood, uh, hardwood floor or hardwood floors like yeah. this. Like I've always bought everything secondhand, right? So the home that I'm in, but, but to think about adding on or doing something like that, um, you know, this is this is big eye-opening stuff, you guys. This is really important to have a look at because the next thing we're going to dive into, and we don't have that much more time, but I think this is such an important conversation um, that brings us back to these earth homes and moving forward to a regenerative world with, you know, crazy things happening in the world right now where the lights could go out, the internet could go down at any time. You know, we hear all this conspiracy theories running around even about September 24th. But, um, crazy crazy stuff out there um circulating but being more the more resilient that that, that we can be people the, the the better chance we have to enjoy every, every breath that we have on this planet but um where do you stand your opinion on the the global um sustainability movement where do you see what's your opinion on that how how we're headed and where we're going how what's the progress report on that uh <laughs> well, by definition, the way that we're living right now is not sustainable. You know, I mean, the definition of sustainability is that if we were to continue to do what we're doing right now, it would last in perpetuity. Like it would, it would, we could do this uh, without end, and um, that's clearly not the case right now. Um, but from a really positive perspective, I think that uh, us evolving into a sustainable civilization is inevitable uh, because it is, it is, there is a best way to do things. There is a right way. And even though we can debate about it and, you know, there's, there's some, I mean, there's, there's some subjectivity into it, in it, uh, like we've learned that lead paint is not a good idea, you know? And at the same time, like we've researched paint just like we've researched everything else. So you can see our research on the most sustainable paints, adhesives, primers. We've done all that research as well. You know, the same thing for construction is happening right now. And I think more and more people are waking up very rapidly and recognizing I, I say in my own, our weekly progress updates, which we've been doing for 10 years now, um, you know, selfish philanthropy or selfish humanitarianism, like it's in people's best interest to build more sustainably. You know, it's in people's best interest to eliminate their power bills by building sustainable energy infrastructure. You know, it's in their best interest on an, on an individual level as well as on a global level. So I think that more and more people are waking up to this um, every single day. And so, regardless of the political winds and winds and and perspectives like the overall um understanding of what is right and and what works for the whole human organism is um becoming clearer and clearer i think every day and more and more people are getting excited about this and we talked about the pandemic i mean the pandemic definitely waked up woke a lot of people up to like whoa i need more resilience in my life and as you know food prices and stuff are escalating the idea of maybe growing your own little garden might make more sense to a lot of people you know and being and recognizing like oh a lot of the foods you know people are starting to be aware that you know the diversity that they get in the grocery store and the quality that they get in the grocery store is not as good as what they could grow themselves and it's fun you know to grow food once you understand what you're doing and so i think the movement is um i think it's rapidly expanding really rapidly expanding you know the idea of a green new deal was wasn't something that would have even been talked about 15 right. years ago and even though it's heavily debated like it's being talked about you know yeah. we just passed the greatest you know climate change legislation in the history of the world so even though it got watered down 
that's uh it's still a big step massive massive step you know and so i see a lot more big steps like that on in the works and, and on the way well that's why we have these conversations and we bring attention to people like you and the good work that you're doing and we're going to do our best to spread this out far and wide to everybody whether people are doing an add-on or repainting your walls or redoing your floors um this is a once one source free free open source i love that way you say open source versus free source like anytime before you're going to do any home remodeling you want to go to this website and and check out the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of um, hours of research that's gone into every inch of building a sustainable community and one of the things that i would love for you to talk about uh, as we're closing out here um is the you know you you've been a holistic practitioner your whole entire career right and yeah. this has led you to doing such a project of this magnitude and um you know i would love to you to just like because i know a lot of our listeners are really really tune into here not just for a dose of positivity but for those health reasons those health benefits so um i'd love for you just to just talk about we talked to touch a little bit about the psychology right um but these buildings Building materials and when you're using in, 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 in detoxifying your homes, right? Yeah. Um, and also detoxifying um, Mother Nature, right? Because the way we're harvesting or the types of materials we're using and the regenerative processes that go into using these supplies. So just the the community building and the holistic health aspect because a lot of people who are coming onto the call late right now maybe didn't hear that at the beginning but i was so fascinated with we, we kind of touched upon it then so i'd love you to just meld those two together really really beautifully right now for oh, everyone yeah. <clears throat> okay um also from so you have the physiological and the emotional side of it and so on the physiological side you know it really comes down to toxins in our environment most people don't realize that the adhesives that we use to hold down our carpet and to you know build our structures the paints that we use are usually loaded with all kinds of toxins as well um, the materials that we use that we spray inside our walls to protect against insects you know all of that stuff is super super carcinogenic you know and so um, it's possible to build without all of that and nowadays because people are waking up and they're becoming more aware and when we research some of these paint companies the most coolest thing about it like researching sustainable paint, we found some companies that have been building really, that have been creating sustainable paints for 15, 20 years. It's just now they're becoming really popular. It's like, whoa, these guys got it. Like a long time ago, they, they were thinking about this stuff. <laughs> right. you know, and so, so from a physiological standpoint, that the solutions already exist for all of that. Like we have the ability to build homes that are toxin free. And same thing from a food perspective, we obviously have the ability to grow food that's not sprayed with the three primary poisons, herbicides, fungicides, and pesticides, you know, which are super toxic. You know, the idea that we spray these things on our food is pretty wild. And then, like you said, what this does to mother earth, like the leaching of all these chemicals into our water, into our air, into our soil. And just recently, in the last two weeks, they showed that the amount of forever chemicals now that are in rainwater are no longer within the EPA recommended standards. That means that we poisoned our atmosphere so badly 
that like rainwater is now toxic and they're finding these chemicals and just like mercury in isolated, you know, lakes and rivers up in the mountains that, you know, there hasn't been a car within a hundred miles of these places. And the point is, is this, it's become that big of a problem. So we have the ability to do better and do differently. So that's the physical side. On the emotional side, um, that was what really motivated me as much as anything was recognizing the need in people's lives for meaningful connection, for meaningful lives, for lives that meant something. Like working with Olympic athletes and working with, you know, some people that were millionaires in their 30s and realizing that uh, in a lot of cases, these were some of the most accomplished people. Like by, by society standards, they had achieved massive success. But working with them one-on-one, -on -one, I recognized that they weren't happy. And I came to the same place for myself. Like I achieved massive success, six-figure income running my clinic. And I wasn't like, I wanted, I craved making a bigger difference. I craved more deeper connection and community in my life. And I realized that everybody that I was working with was a reflection of that. You know, we were a reflection of that for each other. It's like, whoa, there is a there is a deep, deep, deep soul need for meaningful connection, for meaningful life, for love and compassion and personal growth and security within our lives, but also diversity and variety within our lives. And so the seven foundational human needs was a big part of what we created as well as thinking about that and designing an environment that addresses that also. And so that's a big part of when we talk about open sourcing something like fulfilled living, like our structure for creating that within community, I think is as, is as valuable and as, as the homes that we're building. And it doesn't require somebody to build a new home. So a lot of people ask us like, well, how will this be applied within a city environment? Cause like it's, you can't build an eco community in the middle of New York. It's like, well, yeah, but you could take our high school education program or our fulfilled living model and absolutely roll that out within that environment and build community on something like this. We think that people just need to see what's possible with that to really inspire them to want to do that. So and it's happening on different levels. You know, it's not it's not a new idea. We have meetup where people are getting together and you know have sharing different hobbies and things of that nature. And if you even look in like colleges, you have fraternities and sororities where people are getting together and doing their thing. And there's all kinds of different types of groups. It's like how do we build community groups around creating a better world? That's like our that's our focus. You know, and so. I don't know, did I answer your question? Oh yeah, that was so great. And it, it's, it's riled me up so much that I usually don't do this, but I'm gonna ask everybody who's listening to the live and the replay to share this interview with your friends and family because this is life-saving stuff for the planet and for for you, so, so many people suffering with um, um, different allergies and toxic overload and the, the information that's come across this one hour conversation with you Jay is just resonates so so deeply and is so profound profound timing for for all of us to take charge of our, our our living spaces and that goes out to the broader world to the Pachamama so I'm asking everybody to do a humanitarian really good thing today if you're listening to this um, share share this we'll put the well, well, in the, our Facebook group, um, we'll we'll put the link in there, and because um, 
most people don't know that this exists, that they, that all of this research has gone in to help you have a toxic free home, a toxic free community, how to build a better global society all yeah. in one place. And I don't want to say all in one place because when you read my books, Living Like the Future Matters and Conscious Cures, Solutions to 21st Century Pandemics, you'll find a lot of incredible resources as well. But these are the types of things that we as a positivity community um, have the ability and the responsibility to get this information out to as many people as we can. And I really charge all of you in a most loving, open hearted, compassionate way to to reach out to as many people as you can with this with this interview. And we love it when you guys write reviews and get people to subscribe to our channel. And that's my little infomercial, other than the fact that Meredith's gonna put the link into our new membership, which we hope you guys will all check out because we really, really wanna take this conversation deeper, help more people and help you uh, save time, save money and uh, thrive in the 21st century because we are coming up to a shit storm here and we are already in the middle of one and some people have already gone through it and are out on the other end and and coming back and telling us how to how we have to live more like the future matters so um go ahead and check out that link as well so um in closing oh my gosh this was like one of the fastest hours of my life um we have just a couple of minutes here jay and i can't wait to continue this conversation with you i didn't get to all of our questions but we'll have to just do this again but what is the number one thing one community can help people with right now that was your question that you asked what is the number one thing yeah, I mean, from uh, from uh, resources that we've created that I think are really valuable, I've touched on those. Um, so we've done, like I said, we've done open source research, research that is truly independent and with the sole goal of finding out what is the best in the world. Engineers have done this research and we've covered flooring, we've covered insulation, we've covered shower heads, we've covered toilets, we've covered urinals, we've covered paints, adhesives. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a whole bunch of those. We've also done completed research on the most sustainable approaches for recycling everything that can be recycled. So we've covered clothing, paper, glass, plastic, um, styrofoam, and right now we're completing research on non-recyclables, like how can we eliminate things going to a landfill through, uh, through waste to energy conversion and carbon capture. You know, so those are some of the resources that we've created right now that are 100% complete and ready to go. Our education model is pretty amazing and open source and ready to go um, on the property. So there's a lot of amazing resources there. Um, we've done, we're doing compression testing on aircrete right now and earth bags. So there's a lot of stuff coming out right there. But I think like things that people could use right now is really looking at like our, our resources on the most sustainable materials and that kind of stuff is stuff that a lot of people could use right now. And even if you're not looking to build, just becoming knowledgeable about those things and understanding that a resource exists is that that that's where the independent research has been done that you can share with other people that you might know or to inform other people that might be looking to purchase a house or remodel a room or things like that um, these are things that can make a really really big difference in your individual health but also in the health of your environment and the planet as well and just supporting these companies put our money where where our values are you know fund the things you care about i love it i love it well um i i just think you guys if we're not going to build a home we know somebody who is going to build a home and i and repurposing everything is key and i really 
I really believe that when we, we think about all of the commercials and all of the information that comes out that is sponsored by major mass corporations getting us to buy into this toxic world that they've created and we have an open source non non paid by anybody that we can look at it's like the ann landers of of over whatever the martha stewart of of sustainability right at our fingertips so i hope you guys will all check it out and now i just wanted to ask you one question what is the number one thing that one community needs from a dose of positivity community besides me spreading the sharing and the love is there oh, anything else yeah i mean that's it spreading and sharing the love you know get the word out our anybody can help that wants to get involved you know so if people really want you can visit our helping page which is just onecommunitglobal.org forward slash helping and see ways that you can participate ranging from like choosing us on amazon as your amazon smile like charity so oh, like your yeah. regular amazon purchases contribute a couple percent to, to what it is that we're doing to becoming a volunteer and contributing in that way to sharing our work um you know there's lots of different ways to participate so i mean getting involved and getting the word out just continue to share the word and the message well, that Amazon smile thing, everybody, we're out there consuming, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're on, we're on Amazon, who, how could dare this company call themselves the Amazon when half the products are more taking yeah. Amazon. Yeah, um, we're not careful, they're going to be the only Amazon left. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's a, that brings this whole conversation full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. We want to keep the Amazon, so we really want to make making sure what we use, what we put in and on our bodies and what homes we live in are made with love and made with the resources from the Pachamama that are renewable, that are healthy for you and the planet. And I want to say, Joel, thank you so much. This has been a terrific conversation and I am forever grateful. And to everybody who's on the call who wants to stay, it's a gorgeous day. I'd love to show you Maui and some new beautiful flowers. So come on. And Jay, if you want to stay and, and if people want to ask any question, any more questions, but our hour is up. So I want to just thank you all for coming to A Dose of Positivity. And next week's guest, I just got to look this up really quick. Um, if I can't find it, it'll be in the Facebook group. But uh, let me just see here. Hey, can you put it in the chat, you guys? Um, and, and then we'll put it on there because I, I got lost. I was so excited about this conversation. Here, I found it. I'm finding it. You guys, because I know this always is so helpful. Um, when we know who's coming on next so oh you're gonna love this next week it's sophie soul she'll be diving deep into the topic of from dependency to self-determination and she is totally into what everything that one community is about she's a real her name sophie soul says it all so we'll look forward to all seeing you all next week on a dose of positivity same time same place but i am going to be calling in from north carolina so i will not have my son behind me but i will be bringing my sunny personality forward big uh -huh. love Big, big love to you all and aloha. We're gonna go off the live stream and out into the garden now.